Hey everybody, my name's Paige and I am the Creative Arts Manager at Grace Church Barberton. We are so glad you're listening to our Sunday service podcast. This is the live recording of our Sunday message and we hope you are so encouraged, challenged, and energized by what you hear. Let's jump into Follow Me, a journey through Luke. What's up, guys? Um, I am so excited to be here. For, before I say anything, thank you guys so much uh, because I've never had an experience like this with you guys. Like, this is a different vibe of a church. I, I've come in here, and every single moment of today, I've just been like, wow, that's different. Like, they're so, they're so welcoming. They're so nice. Wow. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. To know we're like a nice people like out here, you know what I mean? But like, no, you guys do came and like just people gave me hugs and I'm like, I've never met you. And this is my first time here, so <laughs> it's great. So if it's if it's your first time here, don't even worry about it. Me too. Where's my free gift? Um, anyways. <laughs> and uh, usually about this time I'm being made fun of by a bunch of middle schoolers. So I thought I'd get out of that, but I didn't. Uh, there's people here this guy, and a few other middle schoolers who are teasing me already, but I love it. Um, so I grew up right here in Akron. Uh, I graduated uh, from Copley High School in 2019. And a bunch of Copley people here. That's awesome. Fun. Fun for me. Uh, I, uh, I started following Jesus in my sophomore year in high school, and then this month, May 6th of 2022, I graduated from Grace College and Theological Seminary. I did it. I did it. I actually went all four years. I did my homework and everything. It was awesome. And uh, I'm a part of the Grace Church internship program, and I work out at the, not work out, I work over at the Akron East. They're just a blast. They're a riot. And uh, we've been in this series for the past seven weeks called Follow Me, A Journey Through Luke, and we've been going over this idea of identity, right? And what we've been saying that our identity is connected to our activity. It's revealed by our activity. And uh, I have the honor and the privilege, and I'm just beyond excited that I get to, I get to end it today. So, kind of fun. Uh, this is, we're going to be hanging out in this verse right here. It's uh, Luke 6, 46-49. If you have a Bible or a phone, I would love for you to open there as I, as I read through it. It goes like this. Um, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. And when the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds his house right on the ground without a foundation. And when the flood sweeps down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Scary. Um, By the end of today... I want us to be able to understand and say that building with Jesus on the firm foundation is the way to go. He is our firm foundation. Following Jesus means we're building on the firm foundation. And uh, at the beginning of this series, Joel entered uh, with this idea. It says, when you look at who you're following, whether that's Instagram or your parents or your friends or whatever, you name it, when you look at who you're following, you get a glimpse of who you're becoming. And these identity conversations are, are, I have these all times with middle schoolers and high schoolers, and they, they, they don't stop. It even happens as you grow up and become an adult, and we are challenged consistently and constantly for our identity. And when I was in high school, 
uh, growing up, that was, that was a big problem. That was, that was heavy. There were a lot of different voices that were speaking into my life, uh, whether it was my coaches, my teammates, my friends, girls, parents, you know, you name it, on and on and on. There are people, there are relationships, there's activities that uh, I happen to do well in or not so well in that shaped me and defined me. And they became my everything. It determined how I viewed myself, right? And the way I viewed myself was shaped by lies. I, I was told the lies I told myself and the things people told me about myself. It led me down places that I didn't even really want to go. Um, and to this day, I'm still being challenged for my identity. I told you guys that I graduated from college this month, and it was awesome, right? I loved it. I walked earlier this month. It was good. And the week before I walked for graduation, I finished my very last class. Um, and I got home, and I got on the phone with my girlfriend, and I, I was talking with her, and I forgot something. I don't, nothing important, nothing big, nothing, nothing that was, like, the most important thing. It was something small, and, and I just ended up bawling my eyes out. I was, I know, that's right. I, I was, I, I, I thought that me finishing class, that me getting the, the diploma and the degree, it would mean that I'm smart. And I realized, like, it means I've done enough to be smart enough, and I'm going to remember everything forever now, right? <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. But I, that's, not, that's not true. And somewhere, somewhere long, long ago, someone told me a lie. Someone fed me a lie. They said, you've got to be this smart. You've got to get this thing and then you'll be smart enough. If you just get to here, then you'll be enough. If you just do this, you're going to be considered normal. You'll be acceptable to me. And I thought I, when I accepted Jesus when I was a sophomore, that was exactly where I was, where I was found in the midst of all the, the craziness of life where I was trying to be athletic enough and smart enough and good enough and liked by everyone and blah, 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 because high school, you know? But to this day, I, I didn't think I struggled with my intelligence and, my, and how much I, I, I needed to be smart enough. I needed to be able to remember everything. I needed to be able to, to do things in a way that makes sense. And I realized in that moment, that was a core piece of my identity. That was a real big one that just hurt, and, it, and it's sad. It's sad to me. But Jesus, he comes into this picture and changed everything as a sophomore in high school in the midst of extreme circumstances, and to this day, I have to go back to him to be reshaped and, and reminded and of just how much I'm loved, I'm made perfectly and wonderfully, and he didn't make a mistake when he made me. He didn't make a mistake when he made you. And I'm here to communicate this truth, right? The voice that you listen to the most is the one that begins to define you, and we need to start by making it Jesus. That's the, that's the premise that we've been going with over the past few weeks, these past six weeks, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue down this, this, this trail, okay? And so for me, and probably most of you at some point or another in your life, maybe even right now, uh, we're left in a state of confusion, and we're like, what is going on? I just need to do these things in the right way uh, so that people like us. Uh, but Jesus, when we, when we go to him and we allow the truth that he has to flood into our lives, we find our real and true identity in him. And I, have, I am excited to walk through this today with you guys. I am excited. This, I've learned a lot in these weeks coming up to prepare. I've cared so much about it, and I'm just thrilled to tell you all about this. So we're going to be hanging out in Luke 646. So this is the first verse, ready? So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? So that's kind of an interesting way to start off, you know, the finale of your, of your staple sermon, right? Um, Jesus is making a connection 
of lordship. So there's lordship and there's listening. He's ultimately saying, if, if you listen to me, then I am Lord. And what he's driving at is, you're not. So I'm not Lord. So why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Okay? And we see there's so much going on in this, just this little itty-bitty verse. So Lord, Lord. So what, is, what does that really mean? It means something completely different to probably you and me, that it, to, yeah, to all of us individually. And it means something completely different to Jesus. Also, and I want to I want to take a second, and I want to I want to digest and and just meditate and think about Lord, right? And the closest thing that we probably understand to Lord, me and you, is a parent, a demanding parent, or a demanding employer, right? We all got those, right? Pretty fun. Uh, and parents, and not saying parents are bad, just so you know, don't want, I don't want that to be heard. Love my parents, but parents they dictate their children's lives for a set period of time, right? Like, you get them from birth until they're, like, 18, they're leaving the house, and they're going to college, and you kind of stop, you lose, you lose authority in their life. And a boss, a boss can tell you how to act on the clock, right? You know, you get in there, and you do your job, right? And that's never, you know, it's fun sometimes, whatever you do. But they have, they have, uh, they have say in your life. They tell you how to act, and you, and you listen to them. And what does Jesus mean by Lord? He's saying, surrender yourself every day, all of yourself, not just pieces of yourself, not just your work life, not just your, 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 your children and your married life and whatever kind of life you're in. He's saying, I want every single piece of your life every single day, and I want to be the defining factor in that moment. It's laying down your own way and saying, I want to do all these things, Jesus, but I want to know what you want to do first. I want you. I want your way. It is better, and I trust it. And it means I'm lowering myself, I'm humbling myself, and I'm allowing Jesus to speak into my life and direct me because I know that he is trustworthy, is what he's driving at. And so far in this, in this scene, right, we're going through the end of his sermon. He's on the level plane. He's gone through, uh, oh, man, what has he gone through? He's gone through uh, the judgment. Don't judge. He's gone through the good fruit, right? We want to have that. He's gone all the way through all of his normal stuff, and he's ending on this spot. And people have been following hundreds of people around him. He's communicating this message to his disciples, and he's communicating this to a couple hundred people that are following him. And they're following him because he's done some crazy stuff, and, or they have interacted in a way with him that has led them to find him trustworthy. He is going to give me hope, and I want to follow him because of that hope that he provides. And one of the people I want to I remind us of is Peter, right? Peter is such an interesting guy. He... He was around, his mother-in-law was sick, and Jesus healed her. And I, I mean, for me, like, I don't know, that, that seems like something that I would want to follow after because, I'm like, that's a personal, really. But no, it took an entire a new miracle. Jesus had to walk into Peter's life, get in his way, and be like, hey, Peter, I'm in front of you, and you can't escape this. I'm right here. And, Peter, and he did a miracle and gave him hundreds of fish. And in that moment, Peter realizes, oh, my goodness, you're, you're Lord. You're, you're, you are Lord, and I am an unworthy sinner, and you need to get away from me, Lord. Get away. I'm a, I'm a sinner. And he lowers himself in his position and immediately puts Jesus, he puts himself in the right position. Jesus has always been in his right position, but he lowers himself, and he acknowledges, Jesus, you are over me, and you can do whatever you want, but I need to be away from you because I'm imperfect. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. I have something so much better for you, Peter. I have something great that you've never anticipated, never expected in your wildest daydream. I want to make you fish for people. And he's like, well, that's crazy. But he's excited about it, and he's, just, and he's so intrigued that he runs with Jesus. He goes with him. He follows him. And uh, they left everything they knew 
so that they could have a new, fruitful life full of blessing and mercy, right? And for us, this probably looks way different. Um, so we probably choose certain areas in which he is allowed to be the authority, but we reserve other aspects of our life for our own time and our own, our own way, right? I know that's been my life a lot of the time. I still struggle, and I struggle with that. Like, remember, like my intelligence, like, Jesus, you're Lord over everything, but my intelligence, I need to be the master of that, and I need, I need to decide what's enough, right? But no, Jesus, Jesus isn't like that. He wants every, every single piece of you. I don't, what if you don't want to love your enemy? Well, I want you to love your enemy. What if I don't want to, what if I don't, I want your blessings, but I want them my way. No, 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 I bless you like this. I, I act and respond in a way that you don't understand, and you need, to, you need to catch up and understand that I'm in this way, and you need to submit yourself to it to, in order to have the best life. So, but we live in that, in that mode where it's like, I want to have you, Jesus, but I also want this other thing. And so we see how the version of Lord that Jesus understands and the version of Lord that we might have are different. And I'm not, like, and again, I'm not saying this to be mad. I'm not saying this to, like, critique or be angry. I'm just saying there's, there's some version that we all have at one point or another. We, ha- we were living in this land where we had our own lords, and Jesus is living, I'm the only Lord, right? I'm painting the picture of Lord and Lord. So Jesus is saying, why do you call me Lord and not do what I say? And in that, in that moment, the first time I was reading this, I was like, that's like me and my dad, right? It's so like, my dad says, hey, do the dishes, it probably means mom's on her way home, right? <laughs> you know, like, hey, River, do the dishes. I'm like, yeah, cool. I don't do the dishes, you know. And then mom gets home. What the heck? Why are there, what, this is a mess. What is it, do, do slobs live here? Where are the, where are the pigs, you know? And this, <laughs> and uh, I get in trouble, like, and dad will walk over like, later, like, he's like, River, why didn't you do that? She's had a long day. And it's like, it's like his, heart, his heart wasn't to go out to hurt me. He was actually trying to save me from something that was not pleasant, right? You know? And you have a mom that's like, I need the dishes done. If that's the big, the big thing, I understand. I get it too. Uh, but I didn't understand that day. And I realized that my dad's heart was for my good. But I saw work. And I saw things I didn't want to do. And instead I chose my way because I know better. But ultimately, my dad, who loves me and cares for me, he does know better, <laughs> way better. And uh, there's that connection. If someone is in authority over you and you do what they say, uh, it's probably significantly attached. There's this idea of listening, right? So who in here is a good listener? You know, whatever. Uh, and uh, Jesus is like, you're not listening to me. <laughs> uh, if you listen to me and you did what I said, then I know that you would have your identity in me. If you listen to me, I know that you'd follow me because I would see your activity. And so he's not seeing their activity. And he's ultimately saying this. If, if you're not listening to me, then you are listening to someone else. There's someone else. And when you allow another person or activity to, to speak into your life and take you away it gets in the way of, of the Lord. When, when Christ is Lord, it means that I know you and you and I, I know you and who you are and I'm responding accordingly. I listen to you because you're Lord, right? I shema you. So the word shema, fun word. I did a little study. It was fun, right? It's this Hebrew word and it has a double meaning, which is so cool. So it means I listen and I respond, right? And it's interesting because Jesus is ending his staple sermon, the one he does all the time, right? It's like if he has a sermon, it's all of these things he has to say. And he's ending this sermon, and he's saying, if you listen to me, then this is the way your life will look. 
And he's ending that because the people he's communicating to have done this every single day for thousands of years, called the Shema. It goes, it, goes like, it goes like this. It says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. So it starts with listen. That's the word Shema. And that word means hear me and respond to this accordingly. Love God with everything you got. And every single day, the people he's talking to, is he, they would know to listen to him like this. And because they're listening, it means they need to respond. There has to be a response. Just how Peter listened to Jesus and allowed him to speak into his life and allowed him to get into the way of everything and disrupt his whole day, he responded and allowed Jesus to do his thing. And as he allowed, the more he allowed Jesus to do in his life, the more he saw and the more he realized how much greater Jesus was. He's doing things that are completely out of the ordinary. And you can only call someone Lord if you mean it is another point that he's driving at because it bears that authority. It's synonymous with that master or ruler. And when you put someone over you, you listen and you obey, you respond. You respond by obedience and trust. And what Jesus is ultimately getting at in this one verse, amazing, it's great that you want to call me Lord. I love that you want to call me Lord. That's awesome. That's awesome that you see that. But because you're not doing what I say, means you're not listening. And because you are not listening means there's another Lord. And there's something, there's something in the way of me that, that's keeping me from getting all the way to you. And Jesus, he wants, to, he wants to remove that so that we can completely understand what he's getting at. He wants us to know how much he wants to be Lord and not like the Lord where I want you to obey me. He wants to be the Lord that loves me and for our good, you know? It's like my dad did, you know? He, he led me to goodness, right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quick flip, ready, ready for this? If you don't know this about me, some of you do already, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, right? And a big Lego guy, right? If there's anyone in here that's looking to get someone a gift, they want Legos. <laughs> Just, and if, you, if you're like, I don't want Legos, you, you, but you do, you know? You really do want Legos. <laughs> You know, they're full of it, and there ain't no way they don't want Legos, and so they <laughs> ain't no way. So this, uh, this is the N1. Ah, this is, I, I spent my PTO making this. Um, <laughs> I was actually, I went to the store, and I bought this. I was like, I'll do this after I finish writing this, and I didn't finish writing this. I just built this instead, but it's cool, because I'm using it now. Um, <laughs> and uh, so this is the N1. And it is from the popular Star Wars show on Disney Plus called The Mandalorian. Anyone know The Mandalorian? There's Baby Yoda back here. He's so cute. He's awesome. And Din Djarin. It's awesome. So fun. And it... Shoot, I'm going to get Joel. Boop. All right, got him. All right, I digress. All right. <laughs> so this is the result of a lot of hard work, right? I, did, I, I built this, and I'm so proud. And... Uh, I went to the store, and I saw the box, and I was like, that's the one I want. And then I took the manual out, and I followed every single step to get the intended result, right? It's super cool. Um, and uh, I spent three hours on this, three hours. And uh, slowly and meticulously going through the instructions and putting it together patiently, piece by piece. And the, again, it's like the PTO was to do chores. It was ridiculous. And now I'm using it as my research. Um, and we, if we did this, and I took this away, 
all these instructions of 149 different things to do, you know, if I took this away and I scrambled this together just on the way I thought I would, I'd be lost. This would not look like this. This looks fantastic, guys. This is a good, you can't tell me this isn't a good looking ship. Anyways, but thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. But if I, if I didn't do this with instructions, this would look so bad. Actually, there's, oh, this is my desk at work. That's Darth Vader, that's Captain Rex, and there's the, the uh, Boba Fett ship. So really fun. Uh, big Lego guy. But if I did any of these Legos without the instructions, I would get a mess. An absolute, have you seen these Lego packets? There's like six different bags in each box just to make it. Like, you tear it open, and you, I put it in like these separate containers. If I didn't have organization, it'd be one jumbled mess of all of these Lego pieces, and I would never do it right. I, I, I have this one box of Lego containers. I just imagine trying to assemble stuff just by finding what I find, just scrapping around in there. Nothing would come together. Chaos. Chaos ensues without instructions, right? And what I want you to know is this is just like what Jesus is saying, right? Legos and Jesus. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. He's, he's saying, if you follow my instruction, you get and the, the life you thought you would live, but if you say, yeah, 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 you're Lord, whatever, I still want to do some of the things my way, you're not going to get the ship. You're not going to get the life. You're going to be missing pieces. You're going to lose some in some couch cushion, you know? You're going to, it's going to, like, you're going to put them together, and it's going to be a big pile of blocks that you just flattened. It won't look the same way. And Jesus is saying, this isn't, this book this isn't obey me or else. This isn't like, I can't believe you're a sinner. I am astounded that you would choose to do something that I wouldn't do. That's, and that's, so, that's how I read that growing up. When I, when I heard this, it was like, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to be angry at you. Jesus, by, by no means is Jesus saying that. This is a love letter. This is Jesus saying, if you listen to me, if you, if you actually want a new life. If you want what I offer, it needs to be all of it. It needs to be all of it. Because every bit of what I offer will bring you to this new life full of fruit and mercy and blessing. Things you can't live without. But when I ignore it, when I take some pieces and I, and I close it and I don't want it, like I, but I, don't, but I want to live in that. I want to have that relationship, even though it's bad for me. And I want it. I'm going to get destroyed. I'm going to get demolished. And it's and it's not, it's not as rigid as a manual. His relationship with us is not as rigid as a, as a manual. It's different. It's, I'm also in this cool, cool uh, season of life where I'm dating. Super awesome, right? Super fun. She's awesome. She's the best person in the world, so, yeah. Um, but if I have, I have an intended trajectory, right? I want to spend, like, I want to spend all of my time with her, and, like, I, in I intend to marry her ultimately, right? That's down the road. I want to continue to live life with her every day and, like, grow in our relationship, right? And here's the game plan, right? Give me a thumbs up. This is a good plan. I'm going to ignore her texts and calls. I'm going to hate spending time with her <laughs> and just act like a brute. Uh, and I am just going to neglect her needs, wants, and wishes, right? That sounds like a great plan. No! <laughs> Fool, you fool. <laughs> no, that's a that's how I'm gonna she don't, ain't no way she's sticking around. All right. No, she's not gonna be around. There's no way. And uh, the reason why she wouldn't stick around is I'm not actually with her. I'm not with her. 
right? And that's, that's what Jesus is getting at. He's like, I want you to be with me, and this is with me. This is with me. And again, it, this, it's not exactly the same as this either. It's something a little bit different. It's not, it's not as rigid as this manual. It's not, it's not as easy as one, two, three, and you put things together and you get the result. It's not that easy. Life is complicated and messy, and we get hit with, we get hit with life, you know? And it's not, it's not as fluid and easy as someone you like or love. It's not either of these two worlds. It's somewhere right in the middle. And Jesus, he lays out this perfect, under, he lays out this perfect illustration, right? And it's, he's like, you don't clock into a relationship. You don't do the job to get the, to get the ship. You don't just do your time and you get it. And you don't just like do all the things... When we put ourselves in our proper place and recognize that Jesus is, in fact, Lord, we begin to talk and listen and respond to him, and it becomes home to us because every successful relationship in the history of mankind is built on communication. Not just, not just you talking. Talk, 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 talk. A lot of us like to talk. I like to talk. It's talking. <laughs> it's talking. It's listening to what you're actually trying to say, and then I'm responding. I'm sharing my life with you. I'm sharing my experience with you. And together, we make our own experiences. Right? That's the relationship. And Jesus wants that too. He wants that too. But it's not, it's not quite the same. And he lays out his illustration of what this actually looks like. He uses, not Legos, sadly, even though they're beautiful. And they, they, they shoot these little darts and go pew, pew, whatever. But I dig. it's not that fun. He uses a house and a foundation, right? He says like this, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. And when the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and does not obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. And when the flood sweeps down against the house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. I read it in another translation as the ruin of that house was complete. Nothing left. Obliterated. So that was really fun. I was like, wow, that's intense. Um, so we see one thing consistently through this, right? And it's what I talked a little bit about earlier. The flood, right? Um, the flood is dangerous, clearly. It always comes, and this can look like a lot of different things. It can look like trials. Maybe you just got that diagnosis. Maybe uh, a relationship is getting a little shaky and rocky. Maybe temptations uh, there's going on. Maybe you got some stuff that's ultimately super unhealthy and it's damaging you and you just can't seem to get away. And I want to get away, but I just can't. Maybe it's that person you don't want to deal with at work. I don't I got that person. Not really. I love everyone I work with. But, you know, but maybe, you know, uh, persecution. Maybe it's people who are actually coming after you and seeking to tear you down and hurt you. Ultimately, the storm is something that's going against you. It is an adversary, and you can't beat this adversary. <laughs> not on your own. No matter where you are, you do not escape the flood. It comes, but you can't prepare for it, though. There's, there's a spot called the rock, and there's some work to be done, right? The rock is safe. It's unmoving, unshakable, strong, and secure. And in the Psalms, we see the Lord referred to, the Lord, awesome, another connection, is referred to as a refuge, a hiding place, a fortress. And throughout the whole Old Testament, all of the book, we see multiple times the statement, the Lord is my rock. The Lord is my rock. And I just watched this movie 
Castaways, that old movie from 2000. How <laughs> you're so young. Anyways, but it's that old movie with Tom Hanks. Stay with me, right? So Fed, well said. FedEx troubleshooter Chuck Noland, played by Tom Hanks. I don't know what troubleshooter means, but that's what he was. Uh, he gets stranded on an island for four years or 1,500 days. Crazy. And he try. If you haven't seen this movie, I'm spoiling it. It's been out for 22 years. So <laughs> he tries to build. He tries to build a little shelter with the remnants of his uh, floaty device. It's like a little, the, you know, the, the floaty that you have in the planes. It falls out. It's big and yellow. He tries to build a little shelter out of the, what's remaining of it. And he's the sticks, and he's on the beach, right? And within, and he's chilling for like, he's okay for like two, three, four days. But like out five days in, big old massive storm comes in, and it's bad. Like the tide rises, the storm comes in, wind is strong, just beating this, beating his little shelter. And he, I think he's, he's wounded at this point. He's gotten in some coral, and he's like, he's like bleeding out, like dying, you know. And I'm like, oh, this guy's going through it. Not only is he alone and losing his mind, but he's, just, he's hurt. And he has nothing left to support him. He has nothing. He loses, every, he's, he loses everything. And he tries to build that little shelter on the sandy beach, and it gets destroyed. And he's wandering away in the storm. He's like, you know, like, just like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to die. He's freaking out. And he's running around the island, and he sees... Up on this rock, a little cave with a hole in it, and he goes up this, cave, up this mountain to this cave, and he ends up living in there for the duration of his time on the island. And I, like, that was like, oh, like three days after I started preparing for this, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. And the, and the rock, it was more work. He had to go all the way up there, and he had to like, get all the stuff that he was finding and collecting up there with him. And, but ultimately, it was long-term strength. And he withstood it for four years, right, before he decided he had enough of the island. And it's just like that in the, in the illustration Jesus is laying, right? He's like, the rock, like, digging, have, you, have any of you dug, like, a hole before? It's horrible, right? It's, I hate digging. But if you dig it out, you, you create a foundation, you lay, you lay your house in it, it is ultimately way more secure, and it is Long-term strength is hard work, but worth the result. When the storm comes to that foundation, it is not, it ain't, it ain't going nowhere. It's not moving. It's, it's tough, you know? And we, then we see the ground, right? The ground with no foundation, and that is the absolute worst place to build a house ever of all time, right? We saw it, it's bad. It's shifty. It's loose. Um, and it, it's, this, is the place where the, where, this is the place where your Lord is destroyed, the Lord you listen to is ultimately destroyed on the ground because it says you can do it. You've got this, and you don't got this. Not, not at all. And it's confusing, it's, it's chaotic, and it ultimately leads to death and destruction. And it's very easy to build on, right? It's easy to build, like, because digging is, digging is not fun. It's easy to build just on what you got, but that means it's also extremely easy to take down. You could tear that boy right down. And Everyone has been on the ground with nothing to support them at one time or another, right? And that, I, I painted that for you guys as like a sophomore in high school, and, and even up to this day, I'm challenged because I want to go back to the ground because I think this is where I'm going to find my security. And we all think that we can make our own security, right? We, we think we can do that on our own, but it's tested by life. It's tested by the storm, the flood, right? The flood is coming, and Jesus wants us to prepare, 
He's saying, I know, I know life is hard because he, he, li- he was literally living, right? Living life, he knows, that, he knows that it's coming, but he knows that we can prepare, and he, and he gives us a really cool understanding of this. He's saying, listen, 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 I'm the rock, and my instruction is true, and if you hear me and respond to me by making me Lord of your life, you will find safety because I am the only one who can take on the storm. There's only one Lord who can take on the storm, and it's me. So when it comes, you go to me, you run to me, because I will help you. You lean into me. Lean in. He wants our insecurity. He doesn't, he's not fate. I was thinking about this like today. Like I, I get scared sometimes, right? And I know you guys do too, because life. And I'm like, what if I'm too scared for Jesus? And what if I'm too insecure and too hurt for Jesus? What if I'm too afraid for Jesus? What if my anxiety is too much for Jesus? What if I am too much for Jesus? There's nothing. Listen, there's nothing that will phase Jesus. Absolutely nothing, right? He's, he's not scared of anything we bring. He just wants to start somewhere with us, right? And he wants us to build life with him, right? He loves us so much that he lowers himself under the authority of his own father, and he lays out the example of what he's getting at, right? He goes to the garden before he's going to be put on the cross, and he goes, Father, not my will, because I don't really want to die, but your will be done. And that's what he like. That's lordship. That's humility. That's me laying down my myself for the sake of what you want, my Lord, right? My Lord, if you want this, I will, I will lay, I will lay it down for you. And that's what he's getting at. He's saying, if you, if you call me Lord, if you want me to be Lord, that's good. But that's what it costs. That's what it costs. It says, I'm I'm gonna hit my knees and say, whatever you want, I'll do it. Not my will, but your will be done. And he goes, and he takes on the cross, and, he, and he's killed. He, he's, he lays down his life for, for people who don't deserve it, that we should have died. We should have died that death, right? And in his death, we find our new life and our new identity. And that new identity leads to new activity because there's, there's, there's hope for us today because of that death. Like, they, the disciples that were hearing this, they're like, what are you talking about, Jesus? And he's like, that, the cross, that that will last long beyond me right now. On this earth, my little walk of life, it's gonna last for forever and will change millions of billions of people's lives. That's what he's getting at. That's the lordship he wants for us, the submission he's talking about. It's not, and it's, it's again, it's not that do my will or else. It's not that, it's not that if you just follow me, life will be okay. It's neither of those two sides. It's right in the middle. My way is tough. And my way is hard, but my way is good. My way, my way is the way to live, not a way, the way, right? And that way will lead to blessing and mercy because we can't do it. We all know we can't do it. We've all been hit. We all take a hit. But Jesus was willing to take the hits for us on the cross, ultimately. And that's what he's driving us to. And now our identity um, this is what this series is all about. Our identity is, is now revealed by our activity. And just like my self-prescribed identity that was tied up in my education and my athletic ability and the girls and my friends and my family, like whatever you name it, you saw my activity surrounding that identity and my activity was no good. Now that we have this new identity in submission to the king, the ruler, the lord of lords, lord, lord, we have new activity, and it's not the activity you think. It's not serving more and giving more, even though those things, serving and giving is good. It's not those. If that's all church is, we're missing it, guys. 
it's, laying, it's putting myself in the proper place because he is Lord. Jesus has always been in his place. He's always been Lord. He's waiting on us to see him as it. And when we see him and when he gets in our face and gets in our way and causes our life to go up in a mess, and we're like, oh gosh, goodness, Jesus is doing a thing. When he gets in our way, he was waiting for us to respond. Not in anger. He's not in anger. He's waiting for us to respond and be like, yeah, you're Lord. And your way is good. And your way is awesome, actually. It's a fun way to live. I'm willing to put myself in my place now. I am not king. You are. He's waiting for us to do that work. And the more we do that, the we wake up every day and we say, Jesus, it's yours. My day is yours. Do, do what you will today and help me catch up. <laughs> the more we do that, the more we find that he is our home. We, ab- we abide in him. And as we abide in him, as we live with him, we see the fruit of living with him. It's good. It's good fruit. And there's some things that we're going to land on, right? There's some application, right? So the first thing is this. Ready? So think about where you are. Consider where you're at. Where are you at in life? Think about every aspect of your life, not just like the life that I'm living that's good. It's easy to be like, my life's good. I don't know what you're talking about. I do, I do the right things. I want you to consider every aspect of your life, every piece of it. And I'm not out of this. I'm not out of the woods yet. I have to, I have to fight to give up parts of my life. But Jesus wants us to ultimately see that, right? I'm Lord and I'm the rock. And some of us are on the, on the ground without any foundation and the storm is either coming or it's here. And we're not ready. And the only way that we will be ready is going to him, submitting to him. And it's not, again, remember, it's not about doing good things. It's not about how we act. It's about going to Jesus and him receiving us with open arms. He's waiting for you to say yes and pursue him back. It's all about that relationship, right? Storm came to both people. Not just the rock. Just because you are on the rock, it does not mean you escape the storm, right? And if we are going to continue on the house analogy, the house on the rock probably picked up some dings, which is why we continually go to Jesus, our healer, our restorer, our help, and we lean in. I'm proud of you guys who are on the rock. I love you guys, and I love, I love everyone in this room, but I'm proud of you guys. I want you to hold on. When life gets hard, when a storm comes, when you have no clue what to do, you still got Jesus, and you know, I got, of course I got Jesus. I got Jesus. I, lean in. Pull yourself close to him. Allow his truth to flood into your life. Allow, allow him to disperse the lies around you. Because you're, you're feeling the weight of life for a reason. Jesus is allowing us to experience the life we're in, right? And it's not all bad, because when you do it with him, when you're around the anxiety and you're around the lies, you see just how crazy they are. You're like, wow, this, this, this amount of lies, this weight I was carrying, Jesus makes it nothing. He says, look at me. Eyes on me, River. Eyes on me. Lean into that, the, dis- the, the, the disperser of lies, the healer, the restorer. That's, that's who he is. That's the rock and it's not easy to do that. It's not hard because, again, that Peter guy, he was following Jesus on the water and still sank, you know, like, like a rock. It just right in. <laughs> Last thing, and just because you're on the shaky ground yesterday, you're on the ground with no foundation yesterday, does not mean you can't go to the rock today. Rock is always available. Always. 
always, always, always. And if you know you're on the ground, it's okay. I love you. And Jesus will meet you exactly where you are, and he'll walk with you up to the rock, and he'll walk with you to safety. Right? He loves you, and he wants you to run to him. He, and you don't earn it. You don't earn it. And for too long in my life, I believed I had to earn it. I had to do good enough to finally be on the rock, to finally live a life with Jesus, to finally be accepted by God. And that's not it. It's not it. It's not what it's about. Jesus came so that you, to you so that he could lavish his compassion on you and show you the way to live. Not, not, not a way, the way, the best way, the, the, just the most life-changing way you could ever live. And he doesn't want your behavior he doesn't want your actions, and he does not want your resume. And too often, I brought all of those things to him. And I know some of us do that too. He doesn't want any of that. He wants your heart in all of it, every piece of it, every aspect of your heart, every desire that you have. He wants to hear it. He wants you to be in communication with him, and then he wants you to lay it right back down. He says, Jesus, I want all of this stuff, but I will not take it if you don't want me to take it. He wants that kind of relationship, full submission of everything you got. And, he, and, and, maybe, and who knows? Maybe he's like, yeah, you can have that. You know? That's what he wants. And when your identity is fully found in Jesus Christ, we begin to see that new activity, that reoccurring submission that leads to good fruit, that fruit we talked about last week. And we know we can lean into that firm foundation. I'm going I'm to have the, the band come up here, and I want you to take a second as we go into this prayer time. I want you, I would encourage you, to begin by reflecting on where you are building your life. Where is your life actually founded? And I want you to remember that your life that you live is only as good as the foundation you have. That's it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. Um, I'd love for you guys to pray with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for just who you are. Uh, thank you for every person in this room and the way you formed them intentionally and perfectly, God. And uh, life is hard and we pick up some dings and you just get hit because life is hard. But you are our Lord. You are our rock and our foundation, our good, good fortress. And I pray for us in this room that are in the, on the shaky ground that we can look to you and run. Run to a rock that is reliable. And for those of us who are, who are on the rock, I pray that when the storm comes that we can just continually lean into you, Father. Because we're not alone. We're not alone, even though we might feel it. So I pray that you can remind us that you're here for us, that you love us, that your mercy is new every single day for us, Father, and that you just want to continually build that relationship with us. So be with us here even now, God. I pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us this week. If you'd like to reach out and connect with us or hear more about Grace Church, you can head to barberton.gracechurches.org for more information. We meet in person at 10:30 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 629 Wesleyan Avenue in Barberton. Have a great day.